Thanks for tuning in. I'm Renee. And I'm Shelby. And this is The Creepy Burrito. talking about who the fuck Mona Lisa is. Who the fuck is she? Uh, I don't know. Do you know? I don't know. Is she on Facebook? I think she tried to fucking catfish me like I... a week ago. <laughs> I uh, She hit me up on Tinder the other day. It was weird. She swiped right mm. or left. I don't. I actually don't know. I don't know. I've never have downloaded Tinder in my <laughs> entire life. But yeah, so we're going to be talking about who Mona Lisa is. I am gonna be honest, a lot of this was, uh, I wrote a lot of this to pronounce all of the Italian names because they're really fun to like pronounce. phonetically? Yeah. Write it down? Yeah. yeah. They're really fun, and I feel like it is either gonna pay homage to my Italian roots or shamefully disgrace <laughs> my <laughs> yeah, family my, my ancestors, my family heritage. They're gonna be like, dishonor on you, <laughs> dishonor on your cow. Dishonor on your meatball. <laughs> so... The Mona Lisa is the most visited piece of artwork in the world. We're familiar with her face, the way the painting looks, who painted it, but what do we really know about the Mona Lisa? Who is the inspiration behind Leonardo da Vinci's artwork? Who was she? The painting was once part of King Francis I's semi-public art collection, which that was a very hard sentence to say. Um, <laughs> a lot of asses. So it was part of King Francis's collection. It actually was hung in Napoleon Bonaparte's bedroom and finally moved to the Louvre where it was simply just one among many highly regarded artworks. So a little deep dive into the history. So the painting didn't reach its peak popularity until its theft in August of 1911. So on the morning of August 22nd, the Louvre opened as per usual and nothing was amiss. That is until they realized that the Mona Lisa was gone. So the guards at first were not alarmed. Apparently it was common for artwork back then to just be taken off the walls and photographed or possibly cleaned. So they were yeah. just kind of like, ah. and plus they didn't care. They didn't know who that bitch was either. Right. And, and <laughs> again, like Mona Lisa, the Mona Lisa was nowhere near its popularity that it is today. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it was, you know, high class artwork, but still they were just kind of like, eh, whatever, it's probably getting cleaned. But as the day progressed, it became pretty apparent that the Mona Lisa was stolen. The Louvre closed down for an entire week as they launched the investigation as to what the hell happened. The museum administrators actually all lost their jobs. No. Uh, <laughs> the French borders were closed and every ship and train was searched and a reward of 25,000 francs was announced for the painting. I actually also found reports saying that it was upwards of even 60,000 francs, so I couldn't exactly pinpoint like what it was. And then just to further understand, uh, 25,000 francs is almost about 26,000 U.S. dollars, mm-hmm. and then 60,000 francs is about like 62,000 U.S. dollars. Uh-huh. So a lot of money for the stolen painting. 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 (laughs) Um, So investigators made some high-profile arrests right away. So French poet Guillaume Apollinaire came under suspicion of aiding and abetting the theft, and he was actually arrested and imprisoned. So he apparently was very vocal about his hatred for the Louvre and openly advocated the act of burning the elite institution to the ground. Oh, <laughs> that's metal. Yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> fucking metal. Um, he also had links to Joseph Gier Perret, an artist with a history of actual thefts from the gallery. So, upon interrogation, implicated his fellow radical artist and close friend, 
Pablo Picasso. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Pablo Picasso's possible involvement in stealing the Mona Lisa stems from also having links with uh, Gia Perret. Links being that Picasso actually purchased two Iberian sculptures that were stolen by Gia Perret. Allegedly, when Picasso and Apollinaire realized they were under heat, they packed up the statues that Picasso stole and fled into the night with plans of throwing these artworks into the river. But when the two artists reached the river, they didn't have the will to dump the statues. So instead, Apollinaire actually visited the Paris Journal the next morning and deposited the statues, demanded that the newspaper gave him anonymity, The newspapers did agree until the authorities stepped in. And that is essentially how Apollinaire implicated and confessed his involvement with the stolen statues. So anyway, Picasso actually went on trial and adamantly denied that he knew anything about the statues being stolen. And he actually claimed that, in quotes, I have never seen this man when asked if he knew Apollinaire. So Picasso denied ever knowing Apollinaire. He actually recalled the events, um, Picasso said, I saw GM's expression changed, the blood ebbed from his face, I am still ashamed. Because obviously Picasso knew Apollinaire. Yeah. And I can understand why he lied, because the dude was terrified. Like, he was a foreigner in France, mm-hmm. and so any serious type of trouble is going to get him kicked right out mm-hmm. of France. And... To be fair, I guess, Picasso did use the statues that he purchased as inspiration for some of his artwork, so he wasn't technically doing, like, something bad with them and, like, trying to resell them. I don't know. He just had them. But eventually, the judge dismissed the case against both men, and they were exonerated. Uh, Even though Picasso was in possession of stolen artwork, there wasn't enough evidence to pinpoint either of them to the heist of the Mona Lisa. So both of these dudes are cleared. Who the hell stole the Mona Lisa? Q. Vincenzo Puglia. Vincenzo was an Italian native that actually worked at the Louvre. His motive was to bring the painting back for display in Italy after it was stolen by Napoleon Bonaparte. Although a sincere sounding motive, I'm not sure if it's actually true or if he was just blissfully unaware that da Vinci actually gifted the painting to the king of France when he moved to France to become his painter, which was about 250 years before Napoleon Bonaparte was born. So technically the painting did belong to France. So a little holy in that story. But anyway, like a good heist, Vincenzo walked into the Louvre hidden in a broom closet until the museum closed, and then walked right out the front door with the painting tucked underneath his arm. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's pretty easy. Hence why the museum administrators all lost their jobs, because (laughs) the dude straight up walked through the front door. So Vincenzo, after he stole the painting, fled back to Paris to his humble apartment, so terrified of being caught that this dude hid the painting under his stove... Hmm. For two years. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like literally the Mona Lisa, just one day she was gone and nobody found her for two years. She was just gone. <laughs> just under Under his, a dude's stove. stove. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So growing impatient, Vincenzo finally made a move to bring the painting back to Italy. In 1913, Vincenzo contacted Giovanni Poggi, who is the director of the Uffizi Art Gallery in Florence. Now, Vincenzo called himself Leonardo Vincenzo and said that he had the Mona Lisa in his possession and wished to bring the painting back to Italy. Now, this is where their stories differ, but it's pretty evident that Vincenzo was expecting some sort of reward for the painting. Yeah, you would think, if not, like, why wouldn't you just turn that? shit back in to get the what is it 26,000 francs or yeah something francs uh so vincenzo claims that he didn't ask for a reward and only just wished to restore the painting back to his homeland giovanni claims that vincenzo asked for a reward of 500,000 lira 
which was the currency of Italy at the time, which would roughly translate to a little over 71,000 US dollars. Giovanni enlisted the help of antique dealer Alfredo Geri to help him determine if it was the real Mona Lisa. Uh, so they actually arranged a meeting with Vincenzo in his hotel room. Vincenzo was counting on the fellow Italians to be on board with his mission to bring the painting back home. So he let Giovanni and Alfredo take the painting to safekeeping. However, once Giovanni and Alfredo were able to authenticate the painting, they notified the police right away yeah. and called the Louvre. So to Vincenzo's surprise, the police arrived at his hotel room to arrest him and he went to trial. <laughs> It's recorded that repeatedly he shouted and interrupted the court, argued with the prosecutors, even argued with his own lawyer, but throughout it all maintained that the theft was an act of patriotism. Hmm. Now, I believe that the motive behind this was not patriotism and was just money. Yeah. Uh, because four months prior to the theft, he actually wrote a letter to his father stating, I will make my fortune and it will arrive in one shot. So to me, this helps solidify that the motive was money all along and not some act of Italian patriotism because typically patriotic acts don't include asking for a reward. Yeah. You know, patriotism or not, the court seemed to at least somewhat buy his story, and he served a jail sentence of guess how long? Oh, I love guessing games. Um, So we're going to go with uh, 50 years. 200 years. Six months. Six months. <laughs> a billion years. <laughs> Forever and a half. So... Vincenzo served a jail sentence of six months and the, of course the Mona Lisa was returned back to the Louvre. Now that might seem like a bit of a slap on the wrist for stealing the Mona Lisa. But again, remember, up until this point, the Mona Lisa was literally just a painting. It's not considered the genius artwork that it is today. But this is exactly why I covered this and went over this, because this event single-handedly catapulted the Mona Lisa into superstardom. When she went missing, the theft was front page news around the world. Tips were pouring in from amateur detectives, clairvoyants were mm. calling in. The Mona Lisa became a literal household name. Like she was recognized internationally. And when she went missing for those two years, the Louvre kept an empty space open on the wall for the Vanish painting. And curious people all over the world traveled just to see the empty spot where the painting hung. <laughs> so, and then when she was discovered and returned, it was front page news all over again. The return was reported worldwide, leading to a massive influx of public recognition of the painting. You literally couldn't escape without seeing or hearing about the Mona Lisa. And it is arguably today now the most famous painting in the world and is seen by millions of visitors every year and has been claimed to have reproduced 300 paintings and in over 2,000 advertisements. Even the Louvre claims that 80% of their visitors that come there are only there to see the Mona Lisa. So with the Mona Lisa in the limelight, it produced all kinds of conspiracy theories mm, yes. and vandalism and even a suicide. And it really got people asking, who was the Mona Lisa? I am shooketh. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> Suicide. Maybe murder. <laughs> Intriguing. Intriguing. I guess I probably should apologize at the beginning of episode that this was going to be a long one. <laughs> I love it. I, I want it. Got Deep dive. Really into this. So currently, the Mona Lisa is credited as being Lisa del Giacondo. And it only took about 500 years to figure it out. Oh, cool. Yeah, you know. So Lisa was the wife of a silk merchant, Francesco del Giacondo. And in Leonardo's first biography written about him, states that he was commissioned by Francesco to paint Lisa. This was the first time anything was ever written about Leo in connection to what may have become the Mona Lisa. So the name, a coincidence? Mona simply translates to ma'am or madam or my lady in English. Hmm, so lady. it's possible that might just be another name, lady named Lisa. I don't know. My lady Lisa. My lady Lisa. 
In 2005, documents were uncovered verifying that there was, in fact, a painting done in 1503 or 1504 of Lisa by Leonardo. And this is what most people use as factual evidence to support the origin, that the Mona Lisa is Lisa del Giacondo. Technically, though, there are no documents or records stating what happened to said painting done by Leonardo in 1503 or 1504. So what that means is we can't say with 100% certainty that this painting done in 1504 or 1503 is the Mona Lisa that we know today. Another question is how would have Leonardo ended up painting Lisa del Giacondo? By all accounts, the Giacondos weren't exactly a super wealthy family, but they were an old name in Mm. Florence. Uh, Francesco and Lisa had five kids. They shared a quaint middle-class life together until Francenzo died of the plague in 1538. And in his will, he returned Lisa's dowry, um, which a dowry is the property or the money bought by a bride to her husband on their marriage. So Francenzo returned Lisa's dowry to her and provided for her future, claiming that she had a noble spirit as a faithful wife and wishing that she shall have all she needs. So if they were middle class, why or even how could Francenzo commission a painting? Was it that he just loved her so much? Were they trying to appear wealthier than they were? Or... Maybe Francenzo and Leonardo both knew the same man named Piero Frusiano D'Antonio. So, a little little backstory here. Leonardo was born in April 1452 in the Tuscan town called Vinci. Now, his mother was a peasant named Caterina, and there have been many theories regarding Leonardo's mother's identity, including that she was a slave of foreign origin or that she was just an impoverished local youth. Uh, Leonardo spent his first years in the home of his mother, but in 1457, at the age of five, Leonardo went to live in the household of his father, who was a wealthy Florentine legal notary by the name of Piero Frusiano D'Antonio. So, with his father being a well-respected nobleman and his mother being a peasant, Leonardo was technically an illegitimate child. So this is why Leonardo actually has no surname. Like, at least in the modern sense. Oh, that's why he's like Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo yeah. Of, mm-hmm. of so Vinci. What, okay. what most people believe to be his last name, da Vinci, literally just translates to of Vinci. Yeah. Where he was born because he was not bestowed his father's surname. So Leonardo's full name is Leonardo di Sir Piero da Vinci, meaning Leonardo, son of Sir Piero from Vinci. For our Game of Thrones fans, <laughs> Jon Snow there. <laughs> Essentially the same thing. Same thing. Uh-huh. He went to live with his dad. Yeah. You know, tie that together. We're not going to go into the whole backstory again. Game of Thrones. No. We'll go into a paint. I love it. So Jon Snow was born. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's tie all this together. It is confirmed that Leonardo was unemployed in 1503. Researchers suggest that maybe to help pay the bills, Leonardo's dad arranged this commissioned painting for him. Which wouldn't be the first time that his father commissioned artwork for him. When Leonardo was a teenager, he was hired by his father to paint a wooden shield for a soldier. And Leonardo at the time was inspired by the story of Medusa. And Mm. so on the shield, he painted a monster spitting fire that was so terrifying and beautiful that his father actually bought a different shield to give to the soldier and sold the one Leonardo did to a Florentine art dealer. When Leonardo's family moved to Florence when he was 14, Leonardo actually started working as a studio boy for famed artist Verrocchio, and he became his apprentice and studied under Verrocchio at the age of 17. At the age of 20, Leonardo was qualified as a master in the Guild of St. Luke, which is the Guild of Artists and Doctors of Medicine, and Leonardo worked in Milan 
as an artist from 1482 until 1499, and he fled Milan for Venice at the dawn of the Second Italian War in 1499 and returned back to Florence in 1500, where then he entered the service in 1502 of Cesare Borgia, who was the son of the Pope Alexander VI, and there he actually did military architect work and did some engineering and traveled all throughout Italy. So when Leonardo actually left Borgia's service and returned back to Florence in 1503, he was unemployed. Mm. So that kind of further backs up the point that during his unemployment, maybe his dad was like, hey, this dude wants a painting of his wife. Go do it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> you know? do a, a nice uh, discount here. Heavy discount. Mm-hmm. You're unemployed. You can uh, take anything. Right. You know? But in 1504, he was part of the committee that was formed to recommend where Michelangelo's statue of David should be placed. And the records show that Leonardo declared the portrait of Lisa del Giocondo unfinished and never received any money for his work, which was technically considered a failure. So that solidifies that Leonardo became distracted when painting Lisa, especially when more lucrative work came around. And again, although we don't have any records of what became of this painting of Lisa, it is popular belief that Leonardo took it with him since it was unfinished and he took it with him when he was summoned to Milan for work in 1506 and continued to work throughout the years. So if he did like the face and the body first then he could basically just right. throw all the, the background Right, like they, they said that he you know was adding different techniques such as like subtle shadings and shadows and essentially evolved it into what we know today as the Mona Lisa. However, some people deny this theory, saying that the work was too mature for a 1503 Leonardo to have painted it. But the thing of it is, is that Leonardo never signed or dated the Mona Lisa because he considered it unfinished, as he did with actually most of his other work, including the portrait of Lisa del Gioconda. So maybe if he considered the painting of Lisa to be unfinished, he worked on it throughout the years, trying to perfect it, adding to the painting, you know, if it was uh, technically a failure, if he, it maybe he stewed on that and was like, I can't have a failure and just added through it and trying to make it what it is today. Advancing the painting as he advanced his skills. Either way, we technically can't confirm that the Mona Lisa is Lisa del Giocondo. Different studies and claims have been made throughout the years to try to help solve the mystery of who the woman is. Some people say she has facial paralysis, hence the smiling or lack of smiling Mm. in the painting. Uh, Some people say she was deaf. What would, how would you tell from the painting? (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, (laughs) And then... Wait, wait for this one. Okay. So some people even suggest that she had syphilis. Oh, because you can read that on somebody's <laughs> face. So she has a secret. You can see that in her smile or lack thereof. It's a, uh, it's a syphilis mark. That's actually you're oh spot on the money. No, I'm not. Yeah, because when you have syphilis, you lose your teeth. <gasps> so people think that she. I don't know. I've never had syphilis. <laughs> people think that she had syphilis, so that's why she's not smiling because she didn't have any teeth. So, I know, it's just... So she's a deaf woman (laughs) with face paralysis and syphilis. She's living a bad life. Oh no, (laughs) it's getting worse. And this poor Lisa. Lisa. Um, A doctor named Vito Frank actually conducted a study on the painting and concluded that it was most likely the sitter suffered from a disorder called xenthaslama which is a buildup of cholesterol pockets under the eyelids. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to take a look because, I don't know, I feel like I, that's I got believable. It. I actually screenshotted a bunch of pictures oh, okay. to show you to go throughout because I thought it would be kind of cool to show the pictures and get your reaction in real time. So that's Mona. That's Mona Lisa. I feel like her eye, like, under her eyes are pretty normal, though. Like, you know what I mean? I look at my eyes, Saxon, and it's like, well, do I have it? Shit. No, your eyes, I, I would agree, though, because, I mean, I feel like our eyelids don't look like hers. So all of these claims were made, but still nothing gets us closer to finding out who the Mona Lisa is. Until a new theory came along. <laughs> Mona Lisa's hands were not as dainty 
as you would expect them to be. And they certainly don't look like the hands of a noblewoman. Lisa Del Giacondo would have been 24 years old at the time that the painting was done. So certainly a woman who is only 24 years old of age would have more feminine hands with such a feminine looking face. Hmm. The hands almost look masculine. Hmm. So Leonardo was a man who valued secrets. For example, Leonardo wrote everything in mirror script or mirror writing. So to be able to read his documents, you literally have to hold it in a mirror. Although it wasn't a super crazy hard code to crack. I mean, it kept people from looking over his shoulders and reading reading what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So he loved finding the truth behind things and hiding truths himself. Not much is known about Leonardo's love life. By all accounts, he was regarded as a very handsome and charismatic man, but we don't see him ever marrying or having kids. However, it is widely speculated, though, that he was in love with his muse and his assistant, Gian Giacomo Caprotia di Orino, better known as Salai. So Salai entered Leonardo's household at the age of 10 in 1490 and took him on as a young assistant boy. Mm. Leonardo is recorded calling him a thief, a liar, stubborn, and a glutton after he made off with money and valuables on at least five separate occasions and spent a fortune on clothes. Hence, Leonardo giving him the nickname Salai, meaning little devil. So, nevertheless, he remained in Leonardo's household for the next 30 years. Oh, Leonardo! <laughs> Leonardo had an expensive cloak made for him of silver cloth with a velvet green trim. He gave him money for rose-colored stockings and even provided money for his sister's dowry. Leonardo even used Salai as a model for several paintings that he did, specifically for St. John the Baptist and Bacchus. It was very clear that Leonardo was very fond of Salai's looks. Vasari, which is who wrote the first biography of Leonardo, described Salai as a graceful and beautiful youth with fine curly hair in which Leonardo greatly delighted. So he means like, you little devil. Not like, you devil. (laughs) Yeah, like, so reportedly Salai had very androgynous looks, which was highly regarded in Renaissance artwork. And as we know, Leonardo was a master of the effeminate androgynous look. Mm, So beautiful little man. Yeah, so Salai even became a pupil of Leonardo. Leonardo took Salai under his wing and actually started teaching him his artistic talents and helping him paint his own compositions. Through Leonardo, Salai became a capable, although not super impressive, painter who created several works himself. Salai even accompanied Leonardo during his stay in Milan, in Rome, and in France. Leonardo also left half of his vineyard to Salai when he died, and even inherited several of Leonardo's paintings, one of which rumored to be the Mona Lisa. So, either this was true love, or Salai had one hell of a sugar daddy, dude. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's definitely bros before hoes right there. Right. Leaving everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. He put his beautiful little delicate androgynous hands in that painting. Mm-hmm. 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 Now, it is <laughs> it is kind of a big thing to claim that Leonardo might have been gay. Uh, in particular, religious sources don't seem to like to associate an artist who could deliver such world-renowned artwork with sex, especially if it's homosexual. Which is why not many people know that in 1476, Leonardo was accused of having sex with a prominent male sex worker and was charged with sodomy. Oh. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, though, the charges were dropped. From what I read, three other men were also charged along with Leonardo. One man's father actually had connections with a wealthy Italian banking family and political dynasty. So I'm guessing for bureaucratic reasons, the case was dropped. 
because sodomy was a huge deal at the time. Yeah. Punishable, you know, by death. So my speculation is that after being accused of sodomy back in the day, Leonardo became more cautious with his sex life and thought that the safest way to live his life freely was to take in some young man as his assistant. Possibly inspired by the Greek ideal of love between teacher and student. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, with Leonardo's love for Salai, combined with his love for secrets, is it impossible to think that Salai was the model for the Mona Lisa? Mm. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm buying it. I will definitely buy it. Right. 26,000 francs, I buy it. I mean, in a time where homosexuality was so wrong, what's more poetic than to represent your lover in your artwork? Yeah. You I know? love that. That gives me chills. I know, right? That makes me right? feel good. 2020, right. positive vibes. I dig it. So, and it's confirmed that Salai has modeled for St. John the Baptist, which is an image of uh, St. John emerging from the black abyss mm-hmm. with a very alluring look on his face similar to the Mona Lisa and the shadows and the structures of her face are very similar which might explain the androgynous face but masculine hands of the Mona Lisa. That makes sense. Right. I'm buying it. So let me show you a picture. Show y'all a picture. Paint me a picture. So this is Salai. Okay. And yeah that's the Mona Lisa. 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah. We're going to be uh, posting like, these pictures, sharing them, guys. Right. 10 out of 10. Um, buy this theory. Yeah. Like, so many francs. All the francs you have, throw them down on this theory because you'll win. So, artist Susan Dorothea White actually claimed um, to study the painting and agree that the Mona Lisa's face contained masculine structures, which led to another study that was performed in 2012 by scientist Lillian Schwartz. And she took what is known to be the only self-portrait of Leonardo and digitally imposed it on the Mona Lisa's face. Oh, okay. And this is next level. <laughs> holy fuck balls. <laughs> is this convincing? Like, if you thought you were convinced with Salai. So, this is the only known self-portrait of Leonardo to exist. So, this is the digitally imposed drawing over the Mona Lisa's face. Yeah. And this is a better view of it cut in half. Of how his face kind of, sort of, almost matches up. Yeah. And looks like no, I see what you mean. it might be a older version with the same facial structures and features. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a hidden portrait of Salai, but maybe a hidden portrait of himself. Ooh. However... The drawing that Schwartz based the comparison off of might not actually be a self-portrait. Its authenticity is actually currently being disputed. Mm -hmm. And we don't know if Leonardo actually drew that himself. To me, the, the, the romantic in me leads me to believe that Leonardo is hiding his lover in plain sight. Definitely, 10 out of 10. That's the way I feel. So some people also do think that Leonardo's love for Salai was just purely platonic. Salai actually did end up marrying a woman in 1523, four years after the death of Leonardo. Which actually, I put a note in here, kind of gives me Tiger King vibes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> remember that one dude? Oh, yeah, actually no, definitely. Married. So anyway, um, but fun fact. So the nickname Salai comes from an Italian romantic poem, the Morgante. So why would you nickname somebody after a romantic poem? Mm-hmm. You know, that's like me calling you Juliet. Leonardo has a sketch of Salai modeling as St. John. And the picture of him is modeling the same way as this picture of Salai, except for it's a sketch where he has a huge erection. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that was a original sketch by Leonardo. Are we sure about this? Uh Uh-huh. I... It's proven, like, it's literally... Oh, like, mm. signed off, like, this is legit Yeah, like, real. this is legit. This a, is... This is legit a sketch that Leonardo did oh. of Salai. Well, it's a whole mm. shebang, guys. Yeah. 
It's well, the Frank and the beans. It's both Frank full, and full, beans. Full Frank. Lots of beans. All the beans, all the Frank. Right up in your face. Um, and then they also found a sketch of a butthole. No. <laughs> and it was identified as Sly's bum. Oh, how the how did they identify that? It said it. It said that the picture oh, was Sly's bum. Oh, he labeled it mm-hmm. as, this is... Sly's bum. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And he also had some sketches of just straight up dicks. Is this like work harassment? Like if you're drawing <laughs> like your penis's bunghole? I think, I, I mean, this could be your run-of-the-mill 16th century send me nudes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Picks for picks? Dicks for picks? <laughs> dicks for picks? I mean, you could argue, okay, so they're nudie picks that yeah. he wanted to draw. But also, Leonardo was just straight up obsessed with the human anatomy. You might think it's a bit weird that Leonardo had some sketches of buttholes and shit, but <laughs> what actually is more weird is the fact that he spent a majority of his nights in the hospital morgue dissecting and peeling the flesh off cadavers oh. and drawing what he found. Huh. Uh-huh. That's a weird obsession. Right. I don't know why, but, like, the amount of times that we said dicks, like, all I keep thinking of is, like, super bad, where Jonah Hill is like, I just draw dicks all day. <laughs> I can't. Quote Leonardo. <laughs> I can't stop drawing dicks. Okay, I'm sorry. So cadavers opens them, draws it. Yes. Art. Leo was fascinated with the human body, Um, wanted to know how it worked, and he wasn't really satisfied with the wild claims that other philosophers had at the time about how the human anatomy worked. So Leonardo actually ended up with upwards of 250 medical sketches, which are impressive, to say the least. He had a drawing of the human shoulder that literally looks like a modern 3D representation of what a shoulder looks like, like Mm -hmm. muscles and tendons. And it's literally insane to think that someone from his time period drew it. And he also was the first to draw the human spine with the correct curvature and the first to draw such a detailed sketch of the human heart with all of the valves and everything. Um, I do also have those. So here's his drawings of oh, the shoulder. Oh, damn. Right. Isn't that insane? That's, that pretty, uh, that's someone, pretty dope. Someone drew that. And then here's this one. Oh, it's a, it's a fetus. Uh-huh. Leonardo was the first person to draw an actual human oh, fetus no. in was- utero. It was in a cadaver, wasn't it? It oh, was in a cadaver. Oh, no. That hits me in the feels. I can't do mm-hmm. it. Oh. Now, back in Leonardo's day, women were literally only considered a vessel for carrying children and not a vital part in the reproduction process at all. But it was found in Leonardo's unpublished documents the importance of the seed or the egg inside of the woman. So these documents, of course, went unpublished because at the time this was an extremely controversial claim. And again, Leonardo liked his secrets. So Leonardo believed that women were the true fountain of life in humankind. Yeah, that's right. Fucking Leo. You you fucking spill it, brah. Ugh. Could this be why he painted most of his figures with androgynous faces and effeminate qualities? Could this be why he drew Salai as a woman, mm. a.k.a. the Mona Lisa? Mm. Mm-hmm. So another thing that could either, I guess, prove or disprove this theory is a rendition of the Mona Lisa that Salai drew in 1515, called the Monavana. Okay. Okay, so the Monavana was a nude version of the Mona Lisa. Oh. Yes. Some caddies? I have caddies. So this picture is thought to be based off of a charcoal sketch that Leonardo produced himself, but then Salai did a reproduction of it, but both pretty much look exactly the same. And not to sound crude, but this picture straight up looks like Salai with a pair of boobs. Oh, yeah. 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 This is definitely a... It's a man with boobs. It's a man with tatties. That's what I think when I see it. Like, not to sound like, you know, but that's what I think when I look at that. Like, the arms look very masculine. The hands look masculine. Even the... The abs. (laughs) The the abs. The chisel abs. structure. It's at least alien, if not It's a more masculine structure. Right. If you look at the photo. 
the physical characteristics between this model and Salai are just undeniably similar. But those are really, like nice tatties. Right, those they were new. perky, They're man. perky, they're brown. But it, it has an, it's an androgynous face, curly hair, Greek nose, just basically Salai. This poses the question, why would Salai draw himself with tits? Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or technically, why would Salai copy a drawing that Leonardo made of Salai with tits? We are so lucky that we live in a time today that we're able to express ourselves freely. Mm-hmm. And a man can throw on some makeup and high heels and be confident as fuck. Where, and fucking work it. And like, where people can define themselves as whatever gender they are and not necessarily what they are on the outside. Leonardo lived in a time where all of that was unheard of. Yeah. And Leonardo believed that the feminine side existed in both men and women. And he was fascinated by the woman's reproductive system and, like I said, was almost certain he knew that that was the key to life. Now, the Mona Vanna was painted after the Mona Lisa, but the similarities are obvious. Like, you compare the Mona Vanna next to the Mona Lisa and the pose is similar, the face is similar. Yeah, they're sisters, but one slutty. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a... That movie, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. Oh, yeah. What's that movie called? Uh, Sisters. Oh, okay. (laughs) So could this be a clue to the inner thoughts of the painter? Or were they just dicking around to see what they look like with a pair of boobs? This is like the original Snapchat filter. Just have a Leo do a drawing of you with some tatties. It'll be ready within two to three years. (laughs) But anyway, so Leonardo clearly idolized women. But so much that he longed to be a woman that he longed to be a mother. Hmm. Hmm. So Sigmund Freud actually took this theory one step further, and of course, Mm. you guessed it, the Mona Lisa is Leonardo's mother. Now, this theory, though... For, like, a Freudian thought, everything Everything's... uh, The mother. Everyone's gay, and you always got mommy issues. (laughs) So this theory does actually hold up. So Leonardo never spent much time with his mother like as we've heard he left his mom at the age of five and she actually ended up dying in 1493 so could leonardo have been reflecting on losing his mother and captured her at peace in some tuscan valley or maybe it's no one and maybe she is just a version of the feminine ideal so now going back a bit Along with believing in the feminine divine, Leonardo also was a Christian humanist and believed that Christ existed in everyone. And Leonardo infused this philosophy in everything he did. What if the similarities that we see in Leonardo's paintings between all of the characters aren't just androgynous Renaissance art, but his version of Christ that is in everyone. What if that everybody looks so similar because he's trying to express that everyone has Christ in them? them? Or maybe there's an even deeper meaning. Mm, Okay, let's go deeper. It's not your mother. It's not Jesus. It's not my gay lover. Who is it? Who is it? Who is Lisa? So... Leonardo helped influence today's study of hydrology and geology with some of his philosophies. So geologists have their own theories about this painting. Studies have shown that the background of the Mona Lisa actually looks like Arno Valley in Tuscany, where da Vinci was born. So the bridge in the painting strongly resembles the Buriano Bridge that resides in the Arno Valley. And this bridge leads to a city called Arzio. And a few miles up the road from Arzio is what is known as the Valley of Hell, which is metal as fuck. (laughs) And the Valley of Hell is a field of mountains that are dramatically breaking through the Earth's surface, which looks a lot like the upper left-hand corner behind behind the sitter in the Mona Lisa. Now, these rocks in the upper left-hand corner depict waves crashing up against the rocks like very dramatically. So philosophers argue that Leonardo was expressing inside of the painting his theories of how hydrologic and geologic forces create landscapes. 
So this was also another philosophy of Leonardo's that was super controversial at the time, more so this one, because it directly conflicted with the Bible story of creation. So they argue that if he were to publish this theory into words, it would obviously be blasphemy. So what better way than to hide his theory right in plain sight? Because again, Leonardo loved his secrets. But why though? Why out of all of the paintings did he choose to hide this theory in the Mona Lisa? So we're going to bring it full circle. Oh, God. And going back to one of our original points here. In 2005, documents were found confirming that there was a painting Leonardo worked on between either 1503 or 1504 of okay. Lisa del Giocondo. Yes. But why? We never answered that question. Okay. Well, have you ever noticed that the Mona Lisa is wearing in her picture a thin black veil over mm -hmm. her head? Yeah. And she also has a sheer, almost translucent shawl that yeah. she's wearing. So these articles of clothing at first would make you think that she's grieving. But actually, the shawl that she's wearing is a garment called a guarnello. And a guarnello is a transparent garment that women wore during the Renaissance period when they were expecting a child. Oh, shit. Did not know that. So maybe the hands, not masculine, but maybe swollen. Oh, from she's preggers. pregnancy. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. those aren't man hands. They're pregnant hands. They're prego hands. <laughs> so... Even the position of her hands, too, it looks like she's resting them upon her pregnant stomach, like mm -hmm. women do when they're expecting. Leonardo's biographer did mention, too, that the painting commissioned for Lisa was around the time that she and her husband were expecting their second child. These are her pregnancy mm -hmm. Yeah. Reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then scan data obtained in, back in 2004 actually confirmed that this painting was dated somewhere around that same time period. So that definitely supports the claim that this painting could have been the painting done to commemorate the birth of Lisa and Francesco's second son. So could this support the theory that Leonardo was secretly hiding his theory about hydrologic and geologic forces creating landscapes? A depiction of the creation of life next to the creation of life? Someone thought about this really fucking hard. Maybe. Bro. <laughs> maybe Leonardo was too scared to publish his theory, but knowing that he needed to spread his knowledge, hid this in plain sight in hopes that someone one day would piece it together. Or just devil's advocate threw some fucking waves off on that fucking rocks, was like, oh, this bitch has fat hands. <laughs> So, yeah, so, I mean, uh, that was the rabbit hole, which led me to see 3 a.m. many times this yeah. week. And honestly, I mean, this is this is just a condensed version of everything involving this painting. This, to me, was just some of the more prominent theories that I thought that actually held some substantial evidence towards yeah. it. Like, there's... Made sense. Yeah, yeah. That there, there's other theories of who this woman could be there's like a, i think four or five other people mm -hmm. that could potentially be the mona lisa and if you look at paintings other paintings done of those people they they do look familiar facial structures but there's no Reasoning hard evidence, or evidence right yeah. there's no hard evidence of them unlike how lisa del giocondo had evidence proving that she had a painting commissioned so maybe all of these theories are true. Maybe some, maybe not. Maybe there's no hidden meaning behind the Mona Lisa at all. Maybe it's just simply a painting. And I will end it with a quote about the Mona Lisa from Oscar Wilde. The picture becomes more wonderful to us than it really is and reveals to us a secret of which, in truth, it knows nothing. So yeah, that was... uh. That was my deep dive into the Mona Lisa, and I apologize uh, beforehand that I did not warn you this was going to be a long episode because... It's a deep dive of a burrito. Yeah. Are you full yet? Are you full? This was Are a, you still hungry? This was a packed burrito, dude. This was... 
swarming in theories. Mm, so cheesy. So saucy. My God, you're so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Live it. Like it. Love it. Look at the pictures that we share. Oh, yeah. On this. I'll post all of the pictures on Instagram because it's like... The the way that I conducted and put my notes together were essentially the ways that I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, it's fucking Lisa. And then, oh, no, it is a Salai. <laughs> oh, no, this is Leonardo. Oh, no, 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 no. Definitely Salai. Definitely Salai. I still like Fuck, that. Fuck, it's Lisa. You know, like, it's, I, I. It's a little bit of both. To a little me, bit of maybe, a little bit yeah, of yes. To me, I, I really enjoy the Salai theory. Me too. Um, I believe in love. I love love. I love. I love love. Everybody the things does. I do for love. The things you do for love. Um, but uh, you know there is factual evidence that it could actually be Lisa Del Giacondo. Mm-hmm. Um, I read too that if you actually go to the Louvre and ask them who the Mona Lisa is, they'll tell you and they'll say, "Well, records state that this is Lisa Del Giacondo, but we don't actually know for certain." So I mean, they still like announced that they don't know 100% that this is Lisa. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Mona Lisa, that's a little... Milady. Convenient. Also, we are the only... Fun fact! We're the only country that calls uh, the Mona Lisa the Mona Lisa. What do other countries call it? Everywhere else in the world, it's called La Giaconda. Oh. Huh. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. Yep. Everywhere else calls it that. We call it the Mona Lisa. We do whatever we want. Yeah, we for sh- everything. Fuck the metric Welcome system. Welcome to America. Do what you feel. Fuck the metric system. <laughs> fuck the metric system. Fuck this and fuck you. Fuck your tea. <laughs> <laughs> fuck your tea. Fuck your syphilis. Fuck your taxes. Come to America. We'll make our own taxes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll share all of the pictures on Facebook. I'll share them all on Instagram. Let me know what you guys think. Like, what was the most compelling theory like it is it lisa is it salai is it leonardo is it just a lady is it the feminine divine i want to know what your thoughts are what are your feels tell me about them where where are you putting your franks yeah where are you putting (laughs) where are you putting those franks or liras tell me (laughs) or i guess euros now so that was everything. Yeah, that was, that was not everything. Well, that was... That was, <laughs> that was absolutely not everything, that but was that the was the most that I was willing to talk about. Yeah. If you want to continue to get lost in that sauce, do it on your own. Have fun with it. Yeah, we uh, will be... Go fucking bananas. We'll be release, releasing... We'll be we releasing. We'll be releasing new content every Wednesday. <laughs> and so come, uh, come check us out next week for our next episode. And hopefully you still like us as much then as you did today. Or maybe more. Uh, bye-bye. Goodbye. Playing the music. Play that funky music, Italian boy.